We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Andy Lou's special holiday edition of Light Years. Uh, we're recording this before the Warriors Clippers Wednesday night. Um, not going to do a post game show Wednesday night or Friday night. Uh, Thanksgiving. I, I hope you guys can uh, can bear with us. We will be back Sunday though for the Wolves, so we can get frustrated uh, together yet again. Uh, yeah, everyone enjoy the holidays. We appreciate the love, uh, appreciate the support all season long, all decade long. Has it been like a decade that we've been doing this together? So corny, corny is being thankful for the for our listeners, but you know it is what it is, right? We we love y'all, and and uh, we're gonna keep, we're gonna give one more show, like Sam said, before Sunday, before we run it back again with the post game. So we are thankful for you. Yeah, also, dude. Take that off. Producer Tim, take dude. I can't do it. Oh, all right. Let's let's get into it. So, so I really, I I don't care to talk about the Clippers just because they're not playing anyone. Um, uh, they are they are doing the same BS the Warriors are doing. Only at least the Warriors have the rings to back it up a little bit. The Clippers is just disgusting. I don't know. Kawhi is not even an NBA player, as far as I'm concerned. Play ten games in a row. Is he well, is that a real ankle injury, by the way? That that he's out, do you know? Because that's the that's the only thing I care about. That's a problem if it is. Yeah. I okay. I don't know. Might, I have no clue. That's what I'm gonna leave it at. I have no idea what to take of God. any of the Kawhi situation. He oh. comes back from the ACL all camp. We're hearing about how he looks amazing. Right. We see the pictures, he looks huge. And I was like, oh, Kawhi, Kawhi's back and he might even be better. Plays like what? one game off the bench, maybe two. And then all of a sudden it's back to knees and it, I don't, I don't know. Like I, I obviously I'd, I'd like him to get healthy and I feel bad, but it's just, it's, I, I don't know what to do with him. You know? The thing so. is like, they're going to win 45 games without him, but it's like, what does that even mean? That doesn't mean anything <laughs> if, if Kawhi isn't healthy because no. they're, they're a 55 win team with them. Right. So yeah, I look, the Warriors have a chance yeah, to go. They're, they're a playing team without him and they're a contender with Pete Kawhi. And yeah. 100%. You know, so there's nothing to say until we know if he's back. 
100%. And uh, the Warriors, meanwhile, do you think they're 45-win team without Steph? Do you think they're a playing team without Steph right now? So, uh, But we are. We are. are. <laughs> what are they? I will, I will say this. They, will, they would have the – they're worse than the Lakers if Steph is out. Say what you – like, I think they're leading the Wembenyama sweepstakes with no Steph. <laughs> I don't even think I, I don't even think that's a take. Do you? No, like it no. just kind of they can't do anything without Steph. Steve Kerr can't coach. Clay can't make a shot. Draymond checks out. Jordan Poole terrible. Wiggins goes back to Minnesota form. I mean, it, it say what you want about you know all the great things you know an organization whatever. It's one man who holds the whole thing together. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Um. They there is an interesting matchup Friday against the Utah Jazz, who are currently second in the West and have been kind of the hottest team in the NBA. Well, really, I, I feel like the Jazz and the Kings are kind of a great macro conversation because they're like the they're the two best stories. Like Warriors second unit, miserable to watch. Utah and Sacramento, amazing to watch. Like easily my two favorite teams in the NBA right now, outside of the, the local team. And I just want to ask you, why do you think the Jazz and Kings are so good? So let's start with one over the other. So I, I'm going to start with the, um, start with the Utah jazz. Um, I, I think, and this ties directly with the warriors bench. I, I think what the jazz have done and maybe they accidentally did this is that they picked up a bunch of guys that they weren't out the league, but they were pretty insignificant. And in order for them to figure out how to either get one another payday or just figure out how to be like an actual basketball player in the NBA, one one that actually has actual status. They need to actually learn how to play together, right? It, it's very much a we have to learn how to play together to win versus we need to make our we need to like make money. Um, and I think the Utah Jazz put together a bunch of guys that understood that. They also have a bunch of guys that know how to play that way. But I think some of the times it's just the mindset. Larry Markinen. Like, he was supposed to be a good player years and years ago. Now he's a guy that is, what, on a second or third team. Colin Sexton basically got booted off the Cavs. He got his money, but not as much as he wanted. But he got booted off the Cavs. The Cavs were just like, eh, you know, we could do without him. We've already got our guy Darius Garland. Jordan Clarkson, sixth man type of guy. Mike Conley, there's your vet guy standard, right? Kelly Olenek, vet guy. So that's, that's your answer again to the Warriors. But I think overall, dude... I think overall the main thing that that you see with that team, and it's kind of actually similar to the Warriors teams have passed, they actually just enjoy playing with each other, and the ego isn't there. There's zero ego with, with that Jazz team, and I think that's what makes them great. Now, they have no ceiling. I do think like it, it, they probably are a first-round team, maybe second round, because they don't have a Steph. They don't even have like a Clay Thompson. But they just enjoy playing together, and I think – when you watch the Warriors bench unit, you even watch Jordan Poole play basketball and, and, and Clay, they don't enjoy playing with each other this season, especially the young guys, because they're not on their second or third contract. They're still young. They're still trying to make money. They didn't have, um, they haven't got, basically what I'm trying to say, they haven't gotten humble yet. It's a lot of these Warriors young guys. They haven't gotten humble yet. And, uh, and that's, I think that's, that's the big difference between these guys. They accept their role. That's what you're saying. Yeah. Um, I, I actually think, they also do have a lot of good basketball players. They're just role players. And I think sometimes we, we underrate the value of role players in the modern NBA. I think this league is more about role players than it's ever been. Someone like Kelly Olynyk, he is a 
better facilitator and spacer than like is he here's a good example is he more talented than Wiseman like physically no but like does he understand how to does he do things that matter in terms of winning a basketball game more than Wiseman the answer is resoundedly yes he he can hit open shots he understands where to be on defense he's a hell of a passer makes his players around him better and those things translate to winning in, in an NBA which is more focused on like spacing and IQ than it's ever been. That's kind of my thing. I look at guys like Jared Vanderbilt. That dude knows how to rebound and defend, and he stays within himself. Malik Beasley, a little more of a chucker than I would like, but he he can legitimately defend the perimeter, and he and he can shoot it a little bit. He's I mean, like he's also a, a great shooter. He's like, like legitimately a great shooter. Yeah, he's kind of like KCP to be honest. A little mm-hmm. more of a gunner than that, but like you know. They have a bunch of guys who know what they're doing, and uh, it makes it easier that almost it's like I, I mean, like I don't think Lowry and Clarkson and Sexton are like a big three that's gonna <laughs> get you anywhere. But it like it kind of proves like if you put smart role players around scores, you're gonna have baseline success. Um, and it's kind of the opposite of the Warriors. The Warriors know they have the guy, Steph Curry. And they, they obviously have Draymond and Wiggins and, and Clay's coming around. But, like, outside of that, they have no one who knows how to play basketball, really. And to your point, they don't appear really interested in learning. Yeah, they that's they the appear one. more interested in figuring their own thing out, you know? Yeah, yeah. Which um, almost you can't blame them. That's that's the thing. You know, like, you sit here and you I would probably do the same thing. Who wouldn't do the same thing unless you're coming mm-hmm. in with a – with an extremely high level of basketball IQ, which not many, not many players come in with that. Even guys that you love come, even Draymond Green, who has extremely high IQ, didn't come in the NBA just understanding it. Even he had to go through seasons sure. and his trajectory was so much higher than I mean, his like baseline was so much higher than what we're seeing from mm-hmm. Wiseman and Kaminga and Moses Moody. That's that's really the guy that's this what you're talking about is because we think we thought that Moses Moody has that IQ. Turns out he doesn't. He doesn't. That's why he's not playing. Uh, you can also argue that maybe Steve Kirk can just say, dude, can you just play Are we... him? Yeah. Can you just play him 10 minutes? Maybe he does. Maybe he does. Yeah, maybe I was getting a shot. Maybe. That's kind of my other question. So it's like we always talk. Actually, let's save that one for a little. Yeah. Later. Yeah. I, I got a I, I got, got a Kings. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
you know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, <laughs> I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f- best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic Toretto I Live My Life a Quarter Mile at a Time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Let's get to the Kings. The, what, what, what's your perception of the, the Kings? Why they're good? So, Mike Brown, <laughs> because they have Mike Brown. Um, I the actually. Secret. <laughs> yeah, the new Alvin Gentry. He was the real reason. Yeah. Dude, which is funny because, because Mike Brown was considered, before he went to the Warriors, considered kind of like a boring retread coach. I don't think he was considered this great yeah. guy. Like, he, it's not. So Good the defensive job, coach, but no like idea. Like his offenses are so vanilla, right? So vanilla, and and now he has the he's manning the best offense in the NBA. Like that's now part of that is, and it, well, I guess we'll get into it. So my thing with the Kings is is different. So I think it's different from the Jazz. I mean, obviously they got good role guys. Kevin Herter shooting like he's prime Clay Thompson. It doesn't. I that's gonna fall off at some point. They've got. Uh, Sabonis, who's on offense as smart as Draymond, and then and then defensively, maybe he's not <clears throat> maybe he's not as bad as as we thought it was going to be. I do think with the Kings, they do have the youthful, they they do have the youthful energy and like, hey, we're going to have to take that next step here because it's do or die for mm-hmm. us that the Warriors don't have. So I think for them, it's a little different. It's it's like the Warriors in 2013-14 where the Warriors treated every regular season game like it was a championship game. Do you remember when the Warriors went into Miami in 13-14 and won that game on a game-winning right. Draymond layup? They celebrated like they won the championship. I do feel like you can't replicate that because the Warriors the Warriors have two versions, two timelines. One timeline is that, dude, that happened eight years ago. You can't do that. If you do, you're going to get – you're not going to last. The, the second timeline – is they're not good enough to feel that way, right? So they're not good enough to say, like, we're going to play each game like we're good enough to win. I think the Kings are right in the middle where, where they have a team where it's we've gotten past the shitty days of learning how to play NBA basketball, but we're not good enough to know that we can win. So they're playing every single game like it's the championship. And I just think that's a mindset difference versus the Warriors. So I think that's what the difference is with the Kings because I don't. Th- it's not like I, I don't think the Kings did everything right. Like I do think Tyree Halliburton is the would be the best player on that team, but Aaron Fox is averaging X amount of points, right? He's amazing, and Keegan Murray's at a great pick. He's he's a guy that I think the war uh, the Warriors would love, all right. So Harry B, same thing, and and maybe even Sabona. So I think it's just timing. With the- I have a yeah, I was I was gonna say I have a little bit of a different take on it. I look at the players they acquired over the last year, and. Um, it's fundamentally different than the players the Kings have required, acquired in the past. In the past, the Kings would just jump at whoever was the most like impressive physical specimen. Marvin Bagley, um, DeMarcus Cousins, uh, 
Thomas Robinson. Oh boy. Uh, we can keep going down the line, just like dudes who for lack, you know, just like and and Boogie was good, but like you get what I'm saying. These are guys who are just like used to just being like kind of physical freaks out there. What did the Kings do in the last year? Acquired Sabonis. Now, Tyrese Halbert is really good. So maybe you could call it a, you know, kind of a um win-win for both sides. But like Sabonis is one of the better passing bigs. Like even if he's not scoring, he's getting six, seven, eight assists for them. He's very key to them. They acquire Kevin Herter, a guy who just gets how to play basketball, good passer, hell of a shooter. It reminds me of Warriors players in general, the way he approaches the game. And then Keegan Murray. Everyone laughed at them for taking Keegan Murray. Oh, why don't you take Jaden Ivey? He has that higher upside. That That's sort true. of thing. They're like, no, Keegan Murray can shoot the light out of the lights out of the ball, and he understands how to play team basketball. Facts. And I wonder if it's one of those things where we think guys have higher upside because of their athleticism. And it's not actually high. There's like perceived upside and there's higher upside. Perceived upside is that like Jaden Ivey is going to be better than Keegan Murray. Actual upside is a 6'8 dude who can shoot the ball, pass, and do the things that Keegan Murray can. He just doesn't have a 40-inch vert. That's really what it comes down to. Like He's not a freak athlete like Kuminga, but he he just – he can play basketball at a pretty high level at 20. Why won't he get better at 25? That's by the way, also the argument for like Tyrese Halliburton and Franz Wagner and Moses Moody too, you know? Let me ask you this. If the Warriors were in the situation that the Kings were in and, and you imported the Warriors front office, would they draft Jaden Ivey or Keegan Murray with the fourth pick? What would they do? Do they have the Kings roster? Um... I don't know. Or does that the Warriors roster? It, 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 I, I, I don't. I don't know if that matters. I feel like that doesn't matter. Okay. I mean, based off of their last two, there's actually a. I have it in the rundown, but there's this quote Bob Myers had after the title. Mm-hmm. So we thought, let's just draft the best players who are on the board. A lot of people want us to trade them for a star. This is not to say in the vein of "I told you so," but we did think Andrew Wiggins could fill that role. We did. Not a lot of people did, but we wanted to see him fill that role as the fourth guy. Um, but they keep saying they wanted to draft the best player, the best player on the board, not just um, go for the fit. They want to take the highest upside. And it ties to this broader point, which is like, are they just saying athleticism is upside at this or makes them the best player? They're saying, yeah. I mean, I mean, yes, because they've shown it twice now. So I asked that question. Mm-hmm. I, I think they would take Jaden Ivey. And by the way, Jaden Ivey looks pretty good uh, in Detroit. So I, I don't even know. If that's a, I don't even know that's a bad pick. But the, the point the point is, though, Keegan Murray is a Warriors player. We've seen it the last decade. And I think that the Warriors went mm-hmm. against kind of what they stumbled in making it some successful. Now, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's Jerry West. Maybe Jerry West was like, you got to get Clay. And you got, I don't know. And, and Harrison Barnes would have worked out too. He's, he's, you know, Harrison Barnes is a Warriors player. Like he is smart, defends. He, he's, you know, he, now he's at a point where he's going to have a very long career. Um, but I do think you're looking at the front office in the past three seasons. Yeah. I don't think there's any chance to take Keegan Murray over Jaden Ivey. Keegan Murray would play for the Warriors right now, which brings you to your next question, right? If Tyrese Halliburton or Franz Wagner, guys that were drafted mm-hmm. after James Wiseman and Kuminga, were drafted to the Warriors, would Steve Kerr play them? 
Yes. How could it? How could the answer be no? How how could it? I, I do you think the answer would be Moses no? Moses Moody. Here's Moses my Moody's here's my counter to you. How would Moody look if he got 20 minutes a night every night the way those guys did? Mm-hmm. Do you not think he could pick it up? And do you not think that there's a level of I think if you gave Steve Kerr the current version of Franz Wagner, who he's watched play well in the NBA, he might get a ton of run. I'm not so sure that he would have got a ton of run if he got came in as a rookie. So the, the argument know. here, I'm the, just saying, the, the, the to argument me, it here seems Moody, yeah. like there's a little bit of a disconnect. But that's just, just yeah. for Moody. Yeah, it is. Um, so you, you could say, I mean, it, so I guess let, let's take this a step back because now I'm confusing myself. It's convoluted. The Warriors have drafted two high-level athletes who lack a certain level of basketball feel. And that's just not going to work with Steve Kerr. On the flip side, they picked Moses Moody, who was supposed to be the complete opposite way. He's got feel. He can shoot the ball. Um, but, you know, he kind of lacks a first step and a certain, couple other things. None of them can get on the floor consistently. And I guess my question is, do you think those players would be getting on the floor for a Sacramento, for some of these other teams more consistently? And do you think those players we're talking about with Sacramento would be getting on the floor more consistently with the Warriors? Like, I think I think there's two things going on here. One, I'm not convinced the Warriors front office necessarily made the best draft selections, but I'm also not convinced the coaching staff is set up to develop guys particularly well, even with all the development picks they have. Which tells me that there's one core issue then, which is corporate jargon is that they're not aligned. The the front office and the coaching <laughs> staff, they're not aligned because I, I think if they were, uh, they would they would either have traded these guys now and maybe even by the trade deadline or they would have had a plan put together and said, hey, we know Moses Moody and Kaminga Wiseman are going to struggle, but we're just going to get them 15 minutes a game. But maybe that was the plan, mm-hmm. but the best laid plans, you know what I mean? They get screwed because all of a sudden you go 0-5 on a road trip with some young guys and Steve Kerr's like, you know what? Fuck your plan, right? I get to do what I want now. And now I think Steve Kerr kind of – the thing is, <clears throat> I also find it fascinating. Or, or like last year, you go 18-2 and two not playing them, and it's like, you know what? Fuck your plan. Fuck your, exactly. <laughs> We're 18-2. and two. You know, so it's like it goes both ways with that. Now, Well, now they have no choice because now, now, now they yeah. truly – truly have no choice and i think this is where steve kerr is saying that he's doing a bad job coaching the coaching up the young kids which i think is funny because it's like well i would like to know why or how you think you're doing a bad job um that's that would be interesting to know but the other thing is like and i and i talked about this like weeks ago it's dude steve you gotta just pick a lane man like are you just going to are you just going to go with two-way guys and, and jerk them around and, and hope the team trades for vets? Okay, fine. Then go that way, right? Or are you going to let these kids try to grow? Because if if you had a choice, I feel like the latter, and Steve Kerr's a long-term guy, the latter is going to get you more mm-hmm. long-term wins, presumably. Anthony Lamb, Ty Jerome, those guys are not going to get you long. They're not GP2. And I think last year it's like, well, we saw GP2 for like three games. We're like, oh, shit. Oh, wow. Okay, he has to play. Like, as much as Lamb has been cool and yeah, Rome has been cool, they're the, not. He forced the yeah. hand. Yeah. yeah. Those two guys are solid. And they're fine, yeah. but they're not GP2. 
And I think misalignment, you're right. That is kind of the point I was getting at there is when I look at uh, what it, to tie it all back together, because I went in four different directions there. Utah and Sacramento, man, one through 12, 15, the co- they all know what they want to do. And they all are bought in to what they want to do the whole way through. You keep hearing how like Kuminga, Moody, maybe don't want to play their role. Have they even been given the chance to play the role? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like a lot of, you kind of, the only young guy who got a chance to play a role was James Wiseman. And he was woefully, he's just not an NBA player right now. Like, but he, at least he got 10 games in a row of a consistent rotation every night. So that's kind of what it, it, it ties to with me with the young players a little bit too for the Warriors. It's like, let's see Moses Moody play 15 minutes a night for 10 games in a row yes. and see what happens. Yes. Let's see what happens. Let's see, let's see Jonathan Kuminga get 10 to 15. Like, give him two stints, beginning of the second, end of the third. And if he does well, you know, you extend it. And if he's kind of, you know, going to cost you the game, maybe it's more th- four minutes instead of eight, you know, that type of thing. Uh, but like do – the thing where you're getting him in the lineup every day. Um, Cause that's, that's the biggest thing. Like I, I'm, I'm not convinced the Warriors took the best guys at their picks, but I'm also not convinced that they're doing everything they can to make these guys look as good as they are. And I'd at least like to tackle the, the latter before worrying about the form. I, you know, on one hand, too, I also get Steve Kerr's point um, is, dude, why the hell should I bother with this right now? You know, we have we have the greatest basketball player in the world. We have one of the greatest basketball players of all time. Dude, why, why should I even bother with spending valuable minutes trying to worry about if Moses Moody is going to make the right pass or Jonathan Mingo is going to make the right rotation? That's the last thing he wants to worry about. And I think that's fair. See, that's fair. That's not his job. If that was his job, he should go to OKC. He should go to he should go to Orlando. He should go to Utah, right? David Hardy's doing a great job, or I forget his whatever his name is mm-hmm. uh, down there. And, and so that's what they should be doing. His job isn't supposed to be caretaking and making sure these teams just gets run. So I do think Steve has a point to where you're right. You're right. I agree. Give Moody. Give Kaminga. 10, 15 minutes, like stop with that. Can we get playing six minutes and then he's done for the rest of the game? Like what? It, that, that, doesn't, that doesn't do anything. And, and some people are like, oh, Kaminga's awful in those six minutes. I'm like, dude, are you, what are you supposed to be in six minutes, right? Unless you're a GP2 who just makes like two pick sixes in, in six minutes, but that's that's who he is. Kaminga's not which that is guy. What Steve, which, Steve, which is what Steve wants him to do, and I just don't know if that's a realistic expectation. It's not. It's exactly. It's not a realistic expectation for anybody. And so maybe to your point, maybe you're right. Maybe if Halliburton was drafted by the Warriors, he wouldn't be playing much either. And I, I, I would say, especially if the Warriors had drafted Lamelo Ball, what would he be doing on the Warriors? Because I, I don't know. He's better than Wiseman. That's for damn sure. Anybody's better than Wiseman. But like Lamelo would have a hard time. I think. Yeah, if he of- doesn't get the freedom to play his game, what's going on? Um, Ooh. Yeah, and 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 that's kind of why the two timeline plan is just. <sighs> It's annoying is what the best way to put it right now is it's annoying. You have a core which can win a title, but you don't have enough depth. You have a coach who wants to play veterans. Um, and then he's making it needlessly tough on coach on, on the 
uh, rookies. And then you have a front office who continues to swing for athleticism over what works for the Warriors over the years. Um, they clearly messed up the number two pick in 2020. James Wiseman can bounce back and have a good career. There's no chance on earth he'll be the second best player in that draft. Zero. I mean, yeah, you know, zero. like right, right now he's just trying to prove he's an NBA player. Um, and let's go from there. Um, and, and then Kuminga, the jury's out. We'll see, but he could be a really good player. I kind of, I still, I still have some optimism. I still have optimism there, but like, you know, both of them are kind of the opposite of what's made the Warriors successful over the years. Yeah. I, I think, I, I think the real question is if they do end up being players, is it on the Warriors? That's the question. Uh, that's mm-hmm. the big one to me is, is it going to be on the Golden State Warriors? Which is, which is a little sad. So I, I do think they have, t- they, but they have time. I think they have time. Uh, the Warriors do to figure this out. They're only a couple games out of first place. Saw a tweet from uh, our friend Justin Grant uh, about if the Warriors had played their normal rotation right now on the road trip, they probably would have gone three and two or four and one. That will put them first place, by the way, uh, in the uh, first place in the Western Conference. So I think the Warriors are still okay, which is why it's important right now for them to say, let's get these minutes to Moses Moody and Jonathan Kaminga. Because if they're not going to play for the next month, then they're just, they're not going to play. They're not going to play. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. It's time to get to the mailbag, Andy. We got some great mailbag questions. I'm going to try to power through these for our special holiday edition here. So let's start with friend of the show, uh, Tommy Gunn. Considering how light the Warriors front office is, only two consistently playable guys, what are the odds they actually make a move for front court help? Feels like malpractice not to do so. It's putting Dre Looney health at even greater risk. Do we uh, remember we had this exact same question last year? Remember that? Mm-hmm. And then Kevon Looney. There's also the, the, we also got Acumen LFC going, assuming they clamor for a trade. Will Joe be willing to part with Wiseman for a rental piece veteran without getting any draft compensation? Um, why don't I take this one? My feeling is. It's too early to tell. One, no trades are happening before December 15th. That's the date that a lot of contracts get guaranteed. Two, I still don't think any trades are happening until closer to the deadline just because that's the way the trade market works. You get to like February 1st, teams are actually active for trades. Um, And with those two things in hand, I just think there's still too much time to know 
where they are at with some of these players. We need to see what happens over, sadly, the next 20 or so games. I think they need to make a move sooner than later, but I, I just I, I can't see anything happening um, in minimum for another month plus till we see some more. Action. I also think that if they're going to make a move, it's not going to be with Kaminga and Moody. I think those guys are staying. Those guys aren't going anywhere. I think the move is Wiseman. I, I think they can I think they can talk themselves out of, hey, Wiseman's gonna be a legitimate star big for us. I think they can talk themselves out of that. I don't think you can talk yourself out of Kaminga can be a two-way force and Moses Moody can be a really good role player. I think those things are still mm-hmm. can still be very true. So I don't think the Warriors, knowing who they are, are gonna let go of that. But I do think like like we saw we saw Sadiq Bay. Teams are asking about Sadiq Bay. I think that's a perfect. I, I don't think it would be a big. I just I just don't think the Warriors would do that. I think the Warriors would go, all right, let's get a wing. Let, let's get a guy that we trust that can shoot the ball. I don't really know how good Sadiq Bay defensive is defensively. Uh, I know he's a streaky shooter and scorer, but I, that's a guy that may be a good fit for the Warriors. He's relatively young. That's another guy that they have to kind of pay, right? So I don't I don't know. It's not a veteran, so it's not Pirtle. It's not any of these older guys, not, not Kelly Olenek. So is that someone that they want? Is it like that? Because they, they don't want to trade. I think their fear is they don't want to trade I do wonder if, for a vet. That's the thing because the vet is a one-year rental. Sadiq they don't want to trade maybe. for a rental in my yep. opinion. Because Sadiq Bay could yeah. be like the new version of Andrew Wiggins. Like he could just be the yeah. new version. Or of Otto Porter, honestly. Or, but like, so, yeah. no, but, but, but Bay would stay. Like he would be on the Warriors for a long time if he pans out. Oh, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I actually like Sadiq Bey because he's kind of struggling with his shot. I, I know he can shoot the ball. Um, and I, it's just one of those things where I think he's in the wrong role. It does feel like Wiggins in the sense of if you're asking him to be the 18-point-per-game scorer, he's not that guy. I'm talking about Sadiq Bey. But if you're asking him to be like 10 points per game, take smart shots and pass the ball, now <clears throat> it, that's a little more his game. That's a, that makes a little more sense. Villanova guy, you know, you know, Kerr is going to be fucking just hyped on that. Um, all right. Blasphemous one from kind of Paul. Who's the worst player you would trade? You would trade Draymond for at the deadline. I'm not pro trading Draymond for anyone. Just to be clear, just to be clear, no Draymond trade. So I'm going to say Pascal Siakam is the worst player. I would trade Draymond Green for take with that what you want, but that's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm not trading him unless it's for, an all-star who ha- just like ha- is better than him. Is there a is there a package with Toronto? Why would Toronto want Draymond? Actually, that would be a decent fit with Toronto. They got they got some good guys. I think Scotty they can put around them. OG Ananobi they can get him the ball. Like the thing the thing with Toronto, their issue in my opinion is that they they spend so much time isoing. I, you know, yeah. Like, it, the offense is disgusting. I, I, to they, be clear, I don't think. To be clear, I don't think they would do it. I'm just I'm just saying like I. I'm not trading Draymond unless it's something so compelling where I'm like, all right, this kind of hurts, but I have to do it, you know? Well, I would they, why would they do that? Yeah. I mean, Draymond and Wiseman, you would throw Wiseman. I don't, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't see why Toronto would do that unless Pat, well, we've seen Pascal get into arguments with, with Nick Nurse and maybe he asked for a trade, something like that. Man, but you run the risk. I, I tell you, if Toronto gets a hold of Draymond, I do think that's a really good fit for that team. I really, if you put you put wings around him like Ananobi and Scotty Barnes and and then you can get some scores like Gary Trent Jr. and Fred Van Vliet, like that's I bet you Draymond will have a lot of fun with those guys. I, that's a second tier Eastern Conference team that would be very scary. Draymond, I, I'm with you though. I wouldn't why? 
Steph might Steph might leave with him. Steph might request a trade after that. He might ask to go to Charlotte and call it a career if that happens. Or go to Milwaukee. Yeah, no. I mean, it, the point stands. <laughs> he, he, he uh, it's it's not I'm not I'm not uh it's not happening. Um if the Warriors do trade young players, who would you keep? I also saw another version of this. Who's the player you'd want to protect the most? So it's basically our young player power rankings. Um, for me, Kuminga um, still has the highest ceiling, has shown probably the most stuff, even if I'm frustrated with a lot of his play and recognize that there's a really realistic chance he never puts it all together. Uh, I still think you got to protect him because he's the he's the highest upside guy you have, period. Um, uh, two would be Moody. I I really don't understand why he's not playing more. I think he could help this team. I think he'd help most teams, to be honest. Um, and then, you know, Wiseman, anyone can have him as far as I'm No, concerned. I would. I, so I agree with you on the first two. I mean, maybe you throw Patrick Baldwin in the third slot. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, how sad is that? You know, maybe maybe you throw Patrick Baldwin as the third guy you'd have over Wiseman because he's he's more so of I'm an – a couple shots. You're like, eh, I'll take my chances. I'll t- I, honestly, I would. He's a shooter. I know that's going to translate to the NBA level. Um, he's like, what's the worst he can be? Kelly Olenek? So is that the worst player that Baldwin's going to be? What's the worst that Wiseman's going to be? Like, he might be in China with Dwight Howard in a year and a half. You know what I mean? Like, just getting 30, 20, and 10 at the time. Taiwan. Same thing. Chinese people are going to be so mad at me. Um, Yeah. So, anyway, let's keep it moving to the next one. (laughs) Uh, LeBron got to you. You're like, I'm not making Daryl Morey's mistakes. (laughs) It's an honest mistake. (laughs) Taiwan, that was an honest mistake. Oh, my God. We're hearing now local media blame Kerr for not giving the kids enough run. How much blame is actually on Kerr versus the players? We kind of already talked about that. I also haven't heard anyone blaming Kerr, to be honest. Um, A friend of the show, TK, did did mention he didn't understand it, and I kind of agree with him. Um, It's kind of weird, though. I I will say this. Hey, I'll say this. It is kind of weird if TK mentions it. Bet you Joe's curious. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's – you nailed it. They're not aligned. Steve just wants veterans and he wants to be like, why are we messing around? I have Jesus running point guard, you know, like, and to be fair, I don't mind. And the front office is like, we're spending a bazillion dollars, develop some guys and they're not that bad. Try to get both perspectives. I wish they would get on the same page. Anyway, um, Mateo asks, does big Jim have some dark info about Joey light years? Uh, that's the, uh, classic case jo- joey as a tech guy is a um it's like Peace. it's like wiseman is crypto <laughs> man it's like he's crypto he's just joey's just holding on for dear life for what for what reason get out of there joe get out of there but also i don't know what you get for him um i don't know i don't know all right um i like this one from truth be told houston rockets finished sixth in the west in 94 95 and still won it all how do you compare the dubs to that team? I want to take this one because there's one very interesting thing that team did. They won the title. They were kind of fighting for the 6-7-8 seed all year. They swung a big trade for Clyde Drexler because they realized midway through the season they weren't going to repeat. They're like, this isn't working. We need to bring in something new to fix it up. They did. They went on a run. 
everyone knew they were better than the sixth seed by the time the playoffs started because they they had that late season momentum thing going on and boom. So that's kind of gets back to my point. I do think the Warriors need to shake it up in some way. Could be small, could be big. Yeah, let's I, move. I, I don't know. I can't answer that one. <laughs> I think this is a fun one for you. We'll end on this one for the mailbag segment. Um, funnier fan base to laugh at late 2010 Rockets or 2020 Suns. They have something in common, common thread. Our guy, the corporal (laughs) salute to the goat, (laughs) general Paul himself. Um, I think it's funnier to laugh. I think it's funnier. I think it's funnier to laugh at the Rockets because they, the Rockets are a better team than these Suns. I think. I think the Rockets are way are. better as a team than these Suns. They were good. So it's funnier to laugh at them because Harden had his fair share of like what he would say about the Warriors, and he spent his whole career losing to the Warriors, and then Chris Paul would come in, and he's kind of in his prime. So I think it's funnier there. Um, they also played a disgusting. A version of basketball that did not deserve to win, even though they were a great team. Uh, so I think it's funnier to laugh at them. The 2020 Suns are kind of sad. I think they're they're a little sad because I don't think they're that good. They also act like they've won a championship, which is the saddest part uh, because they haven't shown anything that you would think they're going to be good enough to win at all. Uh, and so I think that's. That's the saddest part. They don't have a James Harden. James Harden in 2018, like that, those years of James Harden, like that was as close to Steph as he's ever going to get. Now you see Steph hit another level and Harden's kind of like just not good anymore. Um, So I think these sons are are Harden want to deserve MVP. Yeah. Yeah. Devin Booker's never been in an MVP conversation. Devin Booker's not winning either. No. Exactly. Um, So I feel like this, for me, it's, the Rockets were more satisfying to beat because of how good they were. Um, the Suns are more fun to laugh at because of how fraudulent they feel. Like, I just I can't take them seriously. I can, at least the Rockets. I was like, they were the, they were the second best team to the Warriors um, for two two years there. Yeah, they were legitimately that good. They were better than the Cavs. They just, you know, it's the West. They didn't get to the finals. Um, I think they are, uh, they, they, they were, those those matchups were fun and it was very satisfying to beat them. The Suns, the Suns are, it's it's like that uh, Mad Men meme. Like, oh, I feel sorry for you. I, I don't even think about you. You're like, you guys are, you just stay, stay in the little kid zone, you know? The, the, uh, that That is a thing about the Warriors and Suns. Now they haven't played each other in the postseason. Maybe we get that this season, but. Uh, I just it's not really a rivalry. I just don't see that Warriors fans care. By the way, it is it is sad to think about that 2018 season. Mm-hmm. The Rockets were up three two, and then and then they end up losing two games. Man, they 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 win that series. They win the championship, right? Like that's the Cavs mm-hmm. terrible. They were awful that 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 uh that season. So, dude, yeah, I mean they they that's how close they were. They just they they close out the Warriors. They were up almost 20 points at Oracle. In game six before Clay went off. Game six Clay. And so whew. anyway, it's yeah. funny to laugh at both of them, honestly. Let's get out of here with the corny what are you thankful for question. 
In various sports, not counting Steph Curry, the most obvious answer, because uh, we're all thankful for Steph, um, who's currently playing the best basketball I've ever seen him play. Um, what are you most thankful for? Are you are we talking all Bay Area sports or Tumble Warriors? I'm Tumble Warriors, right? You know what? Whichever way you want to go. I'm here's what I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with um because because no, I you know, in 30 years of watching sports, I've never seen this. I'm thankful for the Warriors just being together for as long as they've been together. It feels like the first time that we saw true like ripping apart was when Draymond punched Jordan Poole in the face a month ago. Like that, that was the time where I felt like, Oh shit, like this might be, this might be falling apart here. And now, now it's kind of, you know, we'll, we'll see. I think it's kind of been solved a little bit, but just overall, dude, it feels so impossible for a team to stay together that we can root for, for this long. I've rooted for the giants who have won three world series. There were so many iterations and honestly, like, they just didn't even make the playoffs some of those seasons. So it really wasn't that – it wasn't like a true, like, togetherness Team. like the Warriors have. The, the Niners have had some, like, the hardball, but they haven't won a championship, right? So it doesn't hit. But with the Warriors, it's like not only do you have top five, top ten player of all time, but then you have all these dudes that have been there. Steve Kerr has been here. Draymond, uh, Clay has been here. They're like, when we, when we watched them win a championship – Together, us like Clay was just saying how happy he was to be back after Westerk. You're crying watching that shit. So I think it's cool that we get to see all of that and hopefully have it extend for another couple of years. So that that's the that's it, man. I just I just don't think we'll ever see anything like that happen again. Partly because of Steph. I cheated. I chose part of this stuff. I, I just don't think you get to see Steph and Draymond and Clay and Iguodala and those guys like be truly happy to play together ever, 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 ever again in any sport ever so there you go i like that um i don't really know that i have one to follow up on that so i'm gonna say i'm thankful for the goons <laughs> appreciate everyone who subscribes rate five stars we'll see you sunday post game show after wolves warriors uh we'll, we'll, we'll tweet out times later